There is more to me, Queen Eliara of Elfgard, than my elven magic. Just as there's more to Geico than saving you money, Geico also gives you 24-7 access to licensed agents online, on the phone, or on the Geico app. And while I am a mighty elf queen, I am also a mighty big fan of barbecue potato chips. Minion! More smoky mesquite. Geico. Expect great savings and a whole lot more. Blog Talk Radio. So there. That was my podcast. <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome to RU Instant Reactor Review. You probably thought I was doing that on purpose, but I really wasn't. Uh, I think you were. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, if that's when you're going to set your alarm, <laughs> right, to that, be you, here. that you need to be here, my, then my, you've done that a right, little wrong. My iPhone <laughs> and uh, devices just went off with a warning to say, hey, the podcast is starting. And you're right, if <laughs> yeah, that's my phone at home, and I'm like, oh, crap, i got to call in. Uh, yeah, so there goes that introduction to the show. Um, Sorry, I, I just want to say again, if you if you <laughs> have if you happen to be new to the show, no, there's there's no we'll get one. introduction. Forget it. You're not gonna do it. Um, yeah, we'll we'll do that another week. Uh, <laughs> tune in next week when we'll in an hour we'll do it. We'll when we'll have an introduction to the show. Yeah. I just wanted to uh, uh, say thanks again for, to all the people who are uh, tuning in because. It's astounding and yeah. makes us feel totally unworthy. Um, if you if you are new to the show, I, I just have to say every once in a while, this is a show, basically, if you had to come up with a way to describe this show, this is a show where two movie critics yeah. analyze a movie but try not to be movie critics about it as much as possible, right. if that makes any sense, and still review it. Um, I am RUScreening.com's own Mark Eastman, and with me, as always, is Shane Leonard, co-host extraordinaire. Hello. And, I, you know, actually it's funny because I we get a lot of emails, uh, oddly enough. Yeah, that, I love the emails. I never get to see them, but and, I love that they come in. Uh, we had an email this week that kind of that went over what the show was about more than we do. Oh, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> so, do you have it? Do you have like some semblance of what it was? Uh, I I don't have. Or it were they saying like, look, say this from now on? No, because <laughs> no, that would be funny. Like, guys, you're not doing it right. Just say this. Seriously, that would be better. No, um, but they did. They they basically just said like the show and oh cool. And in telling me that they liked the show, they sort of ran through the show, <laughs> almost like they were trying to describe it to somebody <laughs> who didn't know it. You know, oh, okay. they're trying to like... I like the show because you guys the don't show. talk they had about a good... cinematography. And... <laughs> right, right. right. So our famous cinematography. Um, no, but what they said was like, I've said this before because I just think it's hilarious that I don't like movie podcasts very much. <laughs> um, I, I do. I should qualify that like I usually do. I like movie podcasts that are kind of more news. Right. But the ones that are reviews, I kind of don't like. And the reason that I don't like them, and I've said this before too, is that it it feels to me when I listen to them, like people write a review, like a normal movie critic, yeah. like you know somebody from a big newspaper or something writes right. a review, and then they get on the air and read it at you. Right. You know? right. Um, and so, I don't know, they just sort of went through... 
a, a decent enough rundown of the show that they liked it because it wasn't like that, too. Good. And I'm thinking, hooray. So well, that worked out. The best part of this is we don't try to be different. Like, we're just sitting right. down and talking. Like, there's no script of, like, And we clearly don't try to be at all professional in right. what we're doing. Absolutely right. not. We need a producer. I, I told you that before. I've tried to produce, and you just ignore my signals and my, right. my docket and the itinerary. So Right. We need somebody to go, hey, there's should be a little intro to the show where you yeah. go, are you in reaction <laughs> review? We should get, like, a little voiceover thing. Right. Actually, it's funny because I was listening to some uh, review podcast a few weeks ago i don't remember why anyway but like three out of like the five i listened to i'm like i'm gonna check out some new ones right and they all started off with like you know a little kind of bit of stupid music like we have mm -hmm. and then there'd be this crazy voiceover that goes are you into reaction <laughs> review yeah i've listened to a few um podcasts like that as well i'm opening up just trying to explore and see if there's other good stuff because i you know right I need something to do when I'm walking the dog for an hour. You know, I want to listen exactly. to something, and it can't always be books or whatever. Or if you're you're driving somewhere. And, or yeah, something. and I've actually found a few really good ones. And sometimes it's funny now knowing what I know on the side of the microphone where we are, and then listening to others later. And I'm thinking, I wonder if they've got a setup like ours. I wonder if they do these things. There's a couple of them I'm actually kind of envious of. Yeah. Just, just because they've got like a really great intro they know what music. they're doing no yeah. it's no it's not even that at all <laughs> they've got a great intro music thing they've got a really easy way to end they have a cool setup and, and you know but they're overproduced that's exactly. what it is they've got one too many big producers right. there and you know i like I, our i get the feeling effort. i know i i listen to some sometimes i get the feeling like i don't think it's very fun for them to do their show yeah no and this <laughs> is fun so well anyway doing, now, now that we've over babbled right. beyond belief <laughs> yeah this week we're doing Oz the Great and Powerful, yeah. and once again, thanks for tuning in, and you know, please, please share with all of your friends and enemies the website, the tune-in knowledge that people right. need to know. And if you are, once again, if you're new to the show and just tuning in to, for the first time, we have a contest where you can win every movie that we review during 2013 and all you have to do is go to areyouscreaming.com. It is really easy to find big things that say win every movie we review right. this year. <laughs> Follow the instructions on there. Basically, the upshot of it is that we want reviews on iTunes I've, for this at, particular Have you looked at our iTunes giveaway. reviews lately? Well, I mean, I'm always – like, how lately? Are you, are, well, I mean, like in the last couple of days. I, I looked for the yeah. first time in several weeks – the last couple of days, and right. I read a few of them, and they were, they were great. They were interesting. They were really good. They're really actually, interesting, yeah, actually. Cool. And I was, I was nervous at first. I'm like, oh, am I really going to look at this? Like, what if they're like, I know, this this show stinks, and those guys talk. And, and you know, that's the thing. You don't have to give us a really good review. Right. You don't have to give us a high rating. Yeah, it's just been fun to see the good ones. So. I would hope that you would not just <laughs> completely hate on us, but no. if that's what you do, there's no rules about how good you have to rate us right. or how whatever. Right. Anyway, so Oz. Right, so uh, moving on to Oz. <laughs> See, there's your producer. I'm like, let's get on track. Yeah, good job. That was that was great. <laughs> so you know the the thing that uh, really hits me going into this movie mm -hmm. now, especially that we walked out of, and you know we should say this is one of the first times in a oh, long, yeah. long time that we have not talked to each other at all. Right, like since the movie. I mean, which was weird because we neither of us even like said. 
yeah, I like that, okay. Or, right. Or there anything. was nothing. We actually so, walked out of the theater and started talking right. about everything but the movie, which is and almost always a very bad time. Took off really right. fast. Right. right. Yeah, it was a, a crazy time of life, though. But the thing that stands out for me is uh, we were talking a, a little bit before the movie, and the movie is obviously going to be big money-wise. Right. And I don't think too many people are going to get turned away by negative reviews, but the reviews are not that great. Yeah. And, uh, you know, even going in like the first half hour, first of all, it looks a crazy amount like Alice in Wonderland. Yeah. That that came out not too long ago. It yeah. looks like it's practically a sequel to it or, yeah. you know, everybody working on it was exactly the same. Yeah. And they like stopped and said, okay, move on to the next movie. Right. Now film this. It yeah. just has this crazily similar yeah. look and feel to it. But the thing is uh, to go into this movie, if you, if you're expecting a certain thing, you are not getting that thing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, if yeah. you, if you're looking at this and going, Oh, we're going to have like kind of an update of the wizard of Oz and, you know, to a certain extent, it'll be a little bit different story or, you, right. you know, whatever. But you have some kind of the Wizard of Oz mentality going into this. I could see why many people are saying yeah. that they're pretty disappointed with yeah. it. it. Because if, if that's what you think you're going to get and you're not happy that you don't get it. Right. I mean, you, you do not get it in spades. Right. <laughs> I mean, it is it is barely even that world it's right. almost like uh if people do like this movie you know the sales of wicked will right go up tremendously right. because it's it's that kind of different right it's, right it's fine we're in this world but but we're doing a whole other thing yeah and like i said when we were going into the movie i mean it's not like there's the one book Right. That, that this is supposed that, to be based on, yeah. you know, there's a bunch of books. There's lots of different stories that go Everywhere. way other yeah. places and just happen to be in Oz and and with the same, you know, whatever. But but this one really is. I mean, first of all, in The Wizard of Oz, you know, the uh, the, the wizard is like crazy old man by the time right. Dorothy's there, right? right? He he didn't show up yesterday. Uh, right. If if we're going with the way this movie works out, yeah, is how we get to the next movie. James Franco's got to be in Oz for a yeah, long time, long time before we get to Dorothy. So that would be a weird movie if we actually were in it right. long enough for it to get to that part of the story, yeah. right? Then that yeah. would kind of be weird because this is the story of Oz, right? right? Um, James Franco plays Oz, who is a, you know, carnival magician. And, you know, the, the movie has the same kind of starting in black and white right. in the real world. The tight square anamorphic kind of... Which, which I thought was a little bit weird because we watched this in a packed house. Yeah. And people around me were, you know, saying stuff. After a while, they were like, is this whole movie going to be in black and white? Did they really? Yeah. I, it's weird. We, this was the first time we hadn't actually sat together, too. And right. I, where I sat, I was, I was around a bunch of older people. And it's not yeah. me, just, I mean, they were, they could have been my parents' age. Right. And they were all like, oh, 
just like the other. Well, yeah, yeah they I all understood. Like, like, there's have a you real, seen the first one? Right, there's a real delineation <laughs> right. of, you know. So it starts off in, in black and white, and it also starts off in, like, a compressed like format a where square, you're, right. you know, full screen DVD Which or whatever. I thought was, yeah. And it, it's interesting, and it gives you a bunch of uh, stuff can happen in 3D in mm-hmm. a different way because it's not using the whole screen. Right. You know, so stuff can float stuff out can of frame. happen. Right. Things float out of stuff frame. Stuff can keep and, and going was into awesome. the black. Right. And that was interesting. The 3D yeah. b- was pretty cool, actually, I thought the 3D, especially in that part. Yeah. There were times during this movie where I didn't like the 3D yeah, no. Cause it, because this is it one was of those, like now I'm at Disney World right. in like some ride. This is one of those films going a little that, crazy. that definitely caters to the 3D. Like there are oh, things yeah. thrown at you. There are things put right in your face. Things are constantly flying at you versus the aesthetic of other films that we see in 3D, which it just kind of accents things. This was a this was a stage. Right. This was like full blown. And I actually didn't mind that because I knew no, the it, idea. It I wasn't the, too the bad, and it kind of worked. Right. The tone of the movie is playful, more kid like that kind of thing, right. and and that's cool. But there were uh, kind of some parts, especially when uh, you know he gets in the in the um, tornado, and mm-hmm. then he falls into the water, and he's right. on the rapids and everything. And there yeah. are a couple parts in this kind of runningness. Yeah area of the movie where you're going, okay, you know, I was at Disney World not that long ago. Right. I don't need to be in this show. I don't right. know. But but it was definitely not bad. Yeah. And when they did it, it was not, you know, the kind of thing where some movies you go, you know, they're just doing it because right. they can do it. They can, There's yeah. no, like, real usefulness to it. So, um, anyway, we start off in black and white, and it's it's interesting because it's actually more like sepia and white. Yeah, <laughs> it's, right. not, it's, it's not, not total really black. It's like yeah, it's not really black and white. It's this weird thing that uh, you know. There's a certain color you can make things, and then everyone goes, "Oh, old." Okay, <laughs> right. It was, it was in the old <laughs> color. Old. Right. Yeah, the old color. That's <laughs> that's in your uh, crayon box now. Old. Right. <laughs> that's a certain <laughs> that's color. Awesome. Um, anyway, uh, we, you know, and then. Just like the other movie, we go through this stuff, then, uh, okay, now Oz, and then, hooray, color. I mean, it's like we get to the Oz part, and then the screen widens instantly, and it's in color. And we're now so far back in Oz, obviously when Oz is supposed to get there. And Oz, uh, so he meets um, Theodora, Uh who is... uh, Mila Kunis, Mila yep. Kunis, yep. whatever. And <laughs> hi, Mila. And she just kind of like walks out. He crashes and you know falls in this little lake or whatever. It has goes down the river rapids. It has this huge experience. Right. And uh, we get no real introduction to Oz. Yeah. You you might expect that there would be uh, at least kind of a cut scene where he's. <laughs> you know, wandering aimlessly for a few yeah, minutes, nothing. going, where am I? And he right. has to make it somewhere. He, and he encounters the strange life and wildlife. Right. And he stumbles, and, stumbles yeah. onto the yellow brick road yeah, no. and goes, what the heck's this? Well, right. here's a road I'll follow or, you know, who right. knows what. No, she just like walks out of the bushes and says, hey, you're here. Right. And, <laughs> yep. And, you know, he she says, he says, like, where am I or whatever. And she says, this is Oz. And he, and Oz, because that's his name. Right. Because he is, uh, you know, this goofy-ish, whatever, right. you know, uh, carnival magician, and he calls himself Oz the Great and Powerful because he has some, like, 
Ken name, long name that <laughs> right. has an O and a Z in it, and yeah. so everyone calls him that because no one can say his name. And he's, for the time he's supposed to be in, actually not that bad a magician. Right. I mean, it's not like he's – when we see him do his act, it, you know, it's not that he's doing things that are bad tricks or he's right. bad at doing them or something. Yeah. It's just that he's stuck in this goofy traveling circus kind of thing. Right. And, you know, he uses it as best he can to his advantage, mainly just to get women. Right. And whether or not he actually makes any money and can ever get anywhere, he doesn't really care. And he comes back to as close to his home as the circus ever gets. And so his old flame shows up to tell him that she's getting married. And what does he think about that or whatever? And, you know, he's the kind of guy who thinks exactly what you think he's going to think. He thinks whatever. And he has, you know, delusions of grandeur and thinks that he's still going to make it to become some superstar magician. Right, right. And, uh, you know, the fact that he nearly got killed by a mob earlier that day does not dissuade him at all. But he looks at people. She is engaged to someone he knows who it is. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, he looks at those people in kind of a negative way. He's not a bad guy. Right. Not like he's, uh, I mean, he's not like a jerk about it, yeah. but he, you know, mm-hmm. he thinks of it as, you know, he, he's a good guy. Yeah. He says to her, you know, he is, he's a good man. It, it's something relative of Dorothy and not but that John Gale is his name. Right, exactly. So and assume that's. And he's just, you know, kind of, that's not what I want to be. Right. I, I want to be, I want to be great. Right. right. That's yeah. like in the trailer. Yeah. He he wants to be great because he wants to be big and famous. And, uh, you know, uh, Thomas Edison is, is his hero, his hero because for... he does all this great stuff, whatever. And yeah. so he wants, to, like, he says something about wanting to be a mix between Edison and Houdini, Houdini yeah. I, I guess, whatever. He wants this showmanship thing. And he does actually, to a certain extent, have Edison-like qualities. Right. He likes to tinker with stuff and and mess with things in in a certain Edison-like way. Right. Where he's, you know, inventing and building. Anyway, so we get to Oz, and you know, Bang Theodora shows up, yep. and he says his name's Oz and you know, that it's the prophecy, the prophecy, right? Right. I always love prophecy. So she's like, Oh, it's the prophecy where you're going to come and save us from the wicked witch. And then there's kind of a little getting to Oz. I don't know, run through of things when we first get to Oz, where it's kind of this, I don't know, almost cliche version of the story where it's the guy who's bad and he's going, oh, and I could be king and there will be gold involved. Yeah, I'm him. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I am the wizard. And, you know, it's it's a little – it feels a little old. It does. That part of the story – kind of overused the the way they run through it. That was the only part that I didn't didn't wholly like – as far as what they were setting up, it felt too much like a, a Rob Schneider, uh, Kevin James, uh, you know, like this 
schlub right. who uh, accidentally found to be um, royalty or who's accidentally now empowered with things and he right. has to be no longer the man child and become the man and he does it through the affection of someone who thinks he's better than he really is and he finds out later oh she was right i am a better guy you know it it, it really felt like the last 15 years of like happy gilmore movies exactly to me. like right. as far as that snippet of a plot that idea the, like, the oh, way that really? they ran through it mm. there was a there's a certain i guess there's a certain quality to the movie where it felt a lot like you were writing it backwards yeah and so it's yeah. like how do we want to get to the end and basically if you think about that and you know i don't want to spoil the movie or the yeah. story or whatever mm-hmm. but if you're kind of thinking about if you had the general idea, let's give the Oz backstory, right? right? Then you start thinking about things like, well, in the in the real movie, obviously he's this big face in the smoke, right? And yet he's not, right? Right? How do we get there? Right. And you know, how do we how do we sell that he became that? So there's there's a bunch of stuff, and then we want to have some cool story for for whatever reason, we want to really detail, you know, how did the Wicked Witch become the Wicked Witch and right. why is she wicked? And so let's right. let's have that story, whatever. <laughs> so it's like we're focused more on the end of the movie and how things are going to come together. And by the time we got to writing this part, right, we were kind of over it. Right. You, you know, You're it like, was like, well, Ah, let's just Make have Theodora much. walk out right. of the bushes and yeah. and tell tell him that <laughs> like he's the wizard, and boom, yeah. we're there, and yeah. and let's move that along so that we can get to the yeah. other stuff that we want. Which you know the movie is like two hours and ten minutes yeah. ish, and not that we don't say this every week, but it's at least twenty <laughs> minutes too long. Yeah, um, and you know not in quite as bad a way as a lot of other movies that we've seen recently. Right. But there definitely were some times where, you know, I just was like, I feel like I've really been watching this a long time. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. Move on to the next thing. Yeah. And there's kind of a balance that they're clearly trying to deliver between let's move along this along the story, have things unfold in a way that is quick enough and and you don't feel like you're just sitting there. Right. And balance that out with we want to show lots of prettiness, mm-hmm. and and they're like, well, I could have cut this thirty seconds, but look how pretty, right? Right. right. And if you <clears throat> if you add those up in a two hour and ten minute movie, and, and you go, you know, you could cut thirty seconds here, you could cut forty five seconds here, this whole little scene that's a minute and 45 seconds I didn't really need. Right. I mean, then it adds up to your movie's at least 20 minutes too long by the time you're done. <laughs> yeah. But, like I said, not in a way that was nearly as bad for me anyway as, you know, some other two-hour, two-hour and 20-minute films right. that we've seen recently. I didn't have a lot of times where I was going, where I really felt it right. a lot. Right. But there were definitely, yeah. definitely some times. So, um, so anyway, that part like really felt a little just odd, but oh, yeah. but we moved past it, and it, it you know we we meet the little flying monkey al- along the way that becomes kind of his his right hand man and steals a lot of the funnier scenes for the rest of the movie, right? Which you know I have to give the movie credit for that because I did not think that character 
was going to work out very well. It, yeah, I didn't think it had a lot of miles to it. When we met him. Right. And then, you know, oh, you saved my life, and so now I'm, i I got to stick with you, whatever mm-hmm. the old the life uh, the life bogged thing, yeah. whatever, because you saved me. And when that came up, I thought, uh, he might get old. Right. And, and, you know, the whole flying monkey thing is like, we already have the flying monkeys once. Do right. we need flying monkeys every time we turn around yeah. in the movie just because... Apparently. Just because that's what you do. And then we kind of get into the movie. So we've right. got Theodora mm-hmm. selling him on, you know, saving them and becoming king, which in the, in the I guess, world of me feeling like this was a weird and, and old telling of the story, it just made me think because she, you know, she says certain things so specifically that – and his character – who is celebrated all throughout the movie as really being, you know, like a con man and a a huckster kind of a whatever. Uh, Why is he not going, well, wait a minute, what does this saving you entail that you keep talking about? He just pays no attention to that and says whatever. Even after he starts meeting flying monkeys and and weird plants that do whatever, right? I mean, and he sees the bad guy flying monkey, Right. right? And still, they make it all the way to the Emerald City, really, without him going, okay, now, wait a minute. Right. He's still in the deal. He's like, <laughs> because I can probably do this. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. Because you would think instantly you would go, there could be something really bad that right. they think I'm saving them from, right. and we never really get there. Smart man sees a flying baboon and thinks, if that's your henchman and not the end boss, right. then I'm going to reconsider just a little bit. Right. You know, because if, my mind is if like, that's if that's the, just your, if that's your go-to guy, that's your... That's, that's so the, cool that if um, that's the pawn on the board, I don't know. I want to see the king or queen yet. It's so cool. It sounds so like video game. Like, that's the way you, I you know. It. Twenty years ago or whatever. <laughs> that's your final boss. If right. that's your boss if battle not, guy, whatever. If that's not your final boss, if that's just the guy that guards the door, right? I'm then, gonna think that's over a bit. Listen, I might be out of here. Yeah. And and lucky he had that bird with him, right. or the movie yeah. would have been short. Short, right? quick film. So um, anyway, we've got Theodora that he meets up with who, you know, kind of there's apparently this uh, prophecy that everybody knows about, about how the wizard is going to come save them because the last king delivered the the prophecy in right. some way that you don't have any idea you about, get it, yeah. which I kind of thought we were going to get to. I thought we were going to see some of that, too. I thought there would be some flashback, uh, too. I thought we were going to king. get something at some point that... Uh, because obviously everyone says, well, okay, the wizard. And in typical, you know, uh, <laughs> genie of the bottle or prophecy, right. you know, language, right? It, he is a wizard, just not the wizard you thought you were going to get, right? right? I mean, right. he's he's a magician, and you know, that's. Yeah. I thought we were going to get a look at why he's the wizard, or right. or something, or how suddenly the king is yeah. can deliver prophecies or we were going to get something about that maybe in the sequel right which i think we, we just heard is yeah. being worked on already right. um so we so we get to the uh we get to the emerald city theodora is concerned about defeating the wicked witch mm-hmm. who uh she believes is glenda mm-hmm. and her sister is running the castle right and it's not long before we 
figure out that it's actually Theodora's sister who's yeah, Evanora, who, who's the wicked witch controlling everything and making it look like it's Glenda. Glenda's right. the bad witch, so right. she can take over power. I mean, really, as soon as you see her in right. the movie, and that's not very long, right. but no. uh, we go into the Emerald City and go into the throne room, and then, uh, oh, hi, and there she is, and you go, whoa, well, she's the Wicked Witch. Right. <laughs> I right. mean, we're not, we're not really pretending that she's not, yeah. and, and the sort of pretending part does not last very long. Right. And so then, you know, basically hilarity ensues. We send the wizard after the Wicked Witch, right. who turns out not to be the Wicked Witch, then he, you know, joins forces with her, and then we get, you know, just the roller coaster. Right. Then right. you meet the Munchkins. Then you meet all the other people, the then good people. Right. Then, then the movie like really starts whipping the horses for a while, right. and right. and yeah. you're running through lots of parts, and we find out kind of the real story, and then it's where does Theodora fit in? Right. And then. Theodora, who starts out actually, you know, fairly good, yeah, right, right. Um, her sister needs some way for her to be on her side, so she starts selling this whole story about how the wizard was coming on to her, and now right. there's a jealousy thing, and a woman scorned, and right, blah 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 blah. And then at the same time, uh, you know, the wizard. Is rushing through all sorts of stuff to try and figure out how Oz works, right? And we're getting the whole story about how he has to he has to fight the uh, you know evilness mm-hmm. with basically no help, right? Because we have all these people, but they're not going. That's to do a good. Anything. That is actually a good part in the story where Glenda tells him he's like, "So you have soldiers?" And she's like, "Everyone in Oz has sworn never to take a life." And he's like, "So I have to lead a battle against the evil witches, the flying baboons, everything bad, and I don't have any army." She's like, "You're the wizard. You'll find a way." And he's like, <clears throat> "Right, that's if, great. I like if that." If it was easy, we would need a wizard. Right, we whatever, could just do right? it. So, and we do actually get. Uh, some cool things that you know. So so basically, he has to kind of a team it, yeah, or or yeah. whatever, right? He has to come up with a cunning plan that's going to. The plan's great, actually. Like the plan is very cool, and it makes sense in a way that I was happily surprised because I just right. thought it was going to be a bunch of this, that, and the other. And without giving it away, it's a it, fun reveal. It actually and, and makes it was cool. a lot of sense. There were like, a lot really of cool. there were a lot of different parts that were cool to it yeah. and and it seemed like stuff that you know kind of made sense or right. or whatever. Right. Um it it got to a point where I was expecting a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Because I was thinking, you know, Oz is like, you know, he shows them how to he basically invents gunpowder in right. Oz, right? I mean, right. he shows them how to do it, and he, he, you know, knows all this stuff. It's almost like he went back in time, mm-hmm. and it's a lot different thing to be. You don't even have to be a magician to be a wizard if you go back in time a little ways. Right. And you know, famously in TV and films, right? If you pull the lighter out of your pocket right. and go, "Look, I can make fire," right? I thought there was just going to be a little bit more of that. Like yeah, I did too. He shows them how to make gunpowder, and we put that to good use eventually. Right. 
I just thought maybe there would be a few other things that well, would, and that's, like, he would had make that, a little more fun. Yeah, when he lands in Oz, he actually, in the balloon, he still has his satchel that he took. And you would think right. that as a, is not as a MacGuffin because no one's chasing it, but as a source of, you know, like really the genie in the bottle. He could pull anything out of there. Right. And if they needed fire, he could pull out a magnifying glass and start it with a sunbeam or, you know, and any number of things. And we do some cool stuff. And there is some of it, but, but not as much but as I, what I thought. I definitely yeah. thought there was going to be, you know, he makes good use of his glue. Right. Which, uh, that was one of the coolest parts of the movie by far, it was, is it they was, go to this, yeah. they go to Chinatown. Chinatown, which I thought was very Which funny. is odd. And it is a town made up of porcelain, everything, right? Like, uh, like tea cups and houses. saucers yeah, and, right. and all this stuff. Yeah. And it's been destroyed by the Wicked Witch. Right. Except we find the one China girl, mm-hmm. and but her legs are broken. Yeah. So he, you know, he gets the glue out. Right. And and it's a very strange, you know, whole theory. And I like it because we don't explain anything. Right. I like mm-hmm. that there's. Throughout the whole movie, I mean, we don't really explain anything about how Oz works. Mm-hmm. It's just there. It's just there. You have to take it for face just, value. Like, we just go to Chinatown. Right. We don't explain how that how makes it got any there, sense. Where it, yeah. Right. Nope. It's just there. Um, so he uses the glue, puts her back together, and boom, he's magic. It's magic in a bottle. And, right. And, uh, you know, he has, he has like, um, you know, I don't really even know what you, you call them, but like these old, like, camp multi-tool... Yeah, you know it's not a Swiss Army it's not knife. Not a Swiss Army knife, but it it's is. got like the big spoon and the big fork, right. and and you know uh, to listen to my dad talk, everyone on Earth was forced to buy one of those at one point. But <laughs> yeah, uh, but it's it's got like the little saw, whatever. Yeah. So he has one of those, and he's got the Tinker people, right? And they're whoa, yeah, they're like this is an amazing oh, device. We're the Tinkers, right? So, and we didn't even get this, right. yeah. Um, anyway, so he does pull some stuff out of his hat in, in a sense, yeah. but just not well, not was, to the extent I thought he was going to. That whole scene is interesting because you know you are in the beginning you're nostalgic for the way the original film, you know, The Wizard of Oz actually worked with the tight black square, the black right. and white. Then it expands into color and and everything's happening. And what you're really on then is you're on a you're on a trip like Oz. You're looking at everything bright and pretty and, and it, strange. It and gives everything. you this very cool Kansas thing yeah, from the right. from the original movie too. Yep. It, it's not just that we've put it in black and white. It's right. like we've kind of made the same Kansas. The same that place. We're in. Yeah. Yeah. And then for me, like the Chinatown scene, which doesn't come too far into the movie, but you're you're kind of going along and like you said, you're exploring the land. You're looking at everything just like he is. That's the first time it felt like there was any emotional weight to it. Right. Just it was so softly – it wasn't pandered and it wasn't forced. It was just softly, like, engaging. And I was like, okay, now there's an emotional weight to it. Like, there's been all the crazy CGI beauty of everything. Like, look at all the stuff we can do and then look at it in 3D. And But then that was – that was cool because I thought, okay, now this is becoming a story instead of just a showcase. Right, exactly. So I thought that was a really good scene, too. That's exactly how I felt making it up to the scene. And like I said, it felt like, you know, we just weren't paying a lot of attention with how we were getting to the part we wanted to get to. It was just more like, come on, let's get there. Let's get there, right. And then once we get to the uh, China girl, it's like that's one of the parts that they really wanted, that they really liked. Yeah. And it's like the earliest thing we're like, this is a really cool idea. And so – you're watching the movie and it's just like you are practically fast forwarding 
you know, to get there. And then once you get there, you go, okay, oh, no. here's here's the play. cool part. Right. Right. And and you just it, but it is so fun. Yeah. It, I thought that was just I thought that was great and it's another one one of the big things I will say about this movie and uh, now that we're halfway through the show mm-hmm. and we've done nothing but talk about like talk plot. about it in yeah. a very positive way anyway right. we're we're throwing out positive. I have some negatives to this movie and I did not I did not love it mm-hmm. you know completely. But one of the things that I I have to give this movie is it has so many parts that I thought were that's going to get goofy mm-hmm. that turned out to be great because even you know you see the China girl in in like uh, the previews and, and right. stuff and I'm like I did, it just seems weird she looked it to just me, seemed, like it could go so wrong right it looked immediately it looked to me and I didn't know anything about it I just saw her in the preview it looked to me just like what the gingerbread man was to the Shrek films right like it, it, not just because of the size and the and the stature literally just I was like oh well that's the gingerbread girl but like it you was know? just it going wasn't. to go corny right and and you know it's got that same whole you know the gingerbread could like have his foot broken off right and whatever he's not a real thing right and in the end i really liked her yeah i was very i was surprised i was very scared about her and then you've got uh you know his little helper monkey (laughs) right who uh you know even even going in the uh, first few minutes with him I just had this feeling like I'm nervous that this could really go wrong. And he ended up being yeah. really pretty cool right. and, right. and had some great lines and, and they did such a good job with him. And even, you know, like the China girl, mm-hmm. the look of her was right. incredible. Yeah. I mean, you, I agree. There were times when you awesome. were looking at her when like really she is just made of porcelain <laughs> right I mean, I mean she looked great and, and, and you know making her face work and yeah. yet seem like she's right like that so th- that was great so that's one of the big positives for me in the movie mm-hmm. is the way that they uh took the elements that they wanted and really kind of you know stuck with them mm-hmm. and sold them right. and yeah obviously thought a lot about you know, the China the China girl can go wrong. We need to make sure that doesn't happen because right. that that just stuck out to me so much. Like you know, if this is another person or another screenwriter, or another yeah. director. There are so many things that it could just go so goofy. Right. So um, I do want to talk about some negatives, though. <laughs> Because I have negatives. You have negatives. Why are you looking at me like No, I can't you, wait to hear you, you have no negatives. No, I you know, I, I'm thinking about the film and it and a lot of what I was surprised to hear, like what you had mentioned before when we were talking before we went into the film, was just how how strong the negative reaction was towards it. And I just there's there's an inherent thing there that's both I understand it and if you see any if you see more than five films a year when you you know when you start watching TV, you should know that this expectation is unfair. Like you can't right. just assume that oh this is the sequel or the prequel to the Wizard of Oz. It's going to be the instant classic just like the Wizard of Oz is. Right. And there's so many reasons why, both realistically, logistically, emotionally, you know, intellectually, that that's just not going to happen. Like take right. the film for what it is. And I have negatives too, and we'll we'll start getting to them. I'm sure. But I didn't. I didn't have the same 
overall reaction that everybody else did. I'm not yeah, wild I, about the movie. Uh, I didn't and, get anything like that out but of this I just, movie either. I, I think so many people went into this thinking, okay, and I wonder honestly if a lot of people, no one has really said this. I wonder if some people who really bagged on the movie thought this was a Tim Burton movie because of the aesthetic is so Tim Burton. You know, this thing, like you said earlier, looks just like Alice in Wonderland. It looks like the crew packed up their digital files, came over right. and were like, well, I can expand the flowers a little here, but basically especially the world. Especially when we have uh, kind of that first thing, he's still in the balloon, yeah, and he's, you know, he's flying over these giant pokey cliff right, things, yeah. whatever, and we see the huge long shots of <laughs> Oz, the whole thing, and then we, we go down in the middle of these big giant flowers and stuff. That was just like almost, you know, cut and paste. Right. It's it like looked, we took like so we took like ninety percent of the shot, <laughs> yeah. and then filled in other things right. on top of it or something. It it I I mean it's like the second time we've said it already, but right. it really looked it really looked like a it. lot like it. The, you know as far as a lot of the other positives that that went, I thought it was a a great decision not only just for the homage to the original, but I thought if the film had started in as vibrant color as you see when you enter Oz. Right, uh, you Oz just would not have looked as amazing as it was. You that, actually you That's spend, almost like a no-brainer. Yeah, you like it's an have easy to do trick. That. Like you have to do it and it's funny that the original did it. And it's funny that a lot of people when they watch The Wizard of Oz, they don't realize that it's not always been in color. Like they finally realize if you point it out like, "Look, see, it's in sepia in the beginning." They're like, "Holy crap, I didn't realize that." But I thought it I thought it looked amazing. I thought the cast did fairly well. There were a few little things that didn't make wholly a lot of sense. Um, the way that they had set up the homage to the Wizard of Oz as well, which is, you know, Finley the monkey, the flying um, sidekick monkey that right. Oz has, is Zach Braff. And I don't mean that by the voice that he is. He's, he is Zach Braff, but he's also in the beginning of the film, Zach Braff is his assistant. Right. It's his right-hand man. The person that he's kind of infatuated on in the real world is it, Wanda, who is Michelle Williams, and then she's Glenda, in the in the wizards, you know, in, in right. Oz, and he actually right. one time mistakenly he calls her Wanda, and she's right. like, "What?" I think Wanda? he calls her Wanda Wanda a couple of times. Yeah, actually, and but, and yeah. so this is like this is how the original Wizard of Oz worked when Dorothy but, went in. But know. we should say too, he notices it. It's not he does. It, and that it's was not like we're using the same actor. Right. And it's, He's aware of and, it, and it's some you know crazy thing. It's like, when he first sees her, he says, "So we've never met before. Right. Yeah. You've never been in Kansas. Right." And it, and it goes along tongue-in-cheek to part of the Wizard of Oz's story, which is, did it really happen? Or was she just concussed and she dreamed right. that, that the... And in the Wizard of Oz, you know, it's her Uncle Charlie or whatever right. is the, three the tin people man. people that live and, at the Scarecrow right, and the Cowardly right. Lion are all people that, sh that work on her aunt, uh, you know, on right. and, and, and the farm. And in this instance, once they started establishing that stuff, I was just kind of curious. I mean, this is not a big make or break thing. I was just curious, like, why not have Rachel Weisz and Mila Kunis? There were opportunities. Mila Kunis could have been the girl in the tent, you know, that was supposed to be up on stage with him in the beginning. Right. Like, you, you show, I guess what I'm saying is it was a surprise that you show characters in the pre-life and then the afterlife. I think just because that's not how it was in the original one. Probably. You know, the Wicked Witch was not somebody... 
from the real world. Yeah, she the, was. In the original one. Yeah, in The Wizard of Oz, the Wicked Witch was Elmira Gulch. The oh, that's right. Picked, that's right. That's right. So everybody in Oz for Dorothy was someone in her real life. And even the wizard. The mm. wizard was Professor Marvel. Yeah. And I just thought, okay, they're clearly setting this up. So why not go all the way with it? It was kind of interesting. It was just a mm. thing that, that made no sense to me. But, but it, uh, we can define – I can that define weird. I can define the strengths by going into the weaknesses because we're starting to lose a little time. But let's, let's hammer it a little bit. What, what were some of the things that you didn't like? Well, actually, you know, the thing that stands out for me the most it, 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 to not like it and, – and like you said, I do just think it's weird. It, it's almost like I, – I think the reaction is weird. It's almost yeah. like when you make the movie of a book that you have some serious – fanboys you, you know for that book right uh, like hardcore big fans you know if you make a small book that not that many people know yeah. then you can do whatever you want whatever yeah if a book is you know too popular then you know you have that thing where then people go to the movie and they expect exactly something and if yeah. you don't give them exactly some whatever right. then you know, then they're they're going to roast you. That's like what, what we saw with Beautiful Creatures. There were a lot of those scenes that you right. had said. You're like, that was in there just for people who read the book, right? Exactly. It didn't serve exactly. us it, who hadn't. And so the, it's like this movie is still suffering from that. Yeah. It, even though really it's just the really old movie, and you know, I don't know. People have some expectation, whatever it may be, of yeah. what this is going, what's going to play out in front of them. Right. And it's clearly not that. Right. I mean, I don't know what they do expect, but I know this is not what they expect. <laughs> Who knows what they expect? It is clearly right. different. But right? they didn't get what they expected. That's right. And and sometimes I can see that. Yeah. Like sometimes I can, even though I'm not the one who cares, but I can I right. can go, I know why they exactly. didn't like this. And yeah. I still like this movie, but I can see how that would be yeah. weird. And this one, I kind of don't really get it because yeah, I don't it's so its own thing in a way. Yeah. And it it gives you that kind of entrance and, you know, I don't know. I think it – even for the parts at the beginning where I feel like it's kind of rushed and we're just trying to get to the end because that's the cool part we like. Right. I still feel like we're getting pulled along enough. We're getting yeah. an actual entrance. It's just that it's a very quick entrance right. and, and doesn't give you a lot of detail. But anyway, for the things that I don't like about the movie, I didn't like a lot of the parts that I felt should have been cut. If I'm watching a movie, <laughs> and, and this is like – this is this is in a very weird way. Like if you're the editor of the movie and, and you're watching it and you're in charge and, and you're going, okay, we have to cut that. I mean you have something four hours long in front of you. You right. have to cut stuff, right? right. I mean that's your that's whole your job, job is yeah. to go, this is what I'm cutting. Right. Or, uh, you know, let's theoretically pretend that's exactly how that works in the real world. But anyway, <laughs> yeah. um, there. when I'm watching a movie, I don't want to feel like I'm editing it. You know, right. I don't want to watch the movie and right. and watch like two minutes and at the end of that two minutes go, wow, that just shouldn't have been there. Right. Or, or even if it's, you know, there is a part where it's kind of like uh, – from the point where they start running away in the uh, graveyard and Glenda puts up the fog and they start running and then, you know, there's the whole, you go to the cliff, you jump mm -hmm. off the cliff, you're flying in a little bubble. And basically from the point where they start running 
to the point where he's talking to Glenda and kind of saying, I'm not I'm your not wizard, your right? Yeah. And that's like 10, I don't know, 10, 15 minutes or whatever, yeah. th- that whole span. I felt like that thing should have been half that long, yeah. that whole little window. And by the time that ended, I really just felt like, wow, what? Yeah. I mean, it's – and you've got lots of introductions going on in between there because we, we get to Glenda's world, right. whatever, which has the magical barrier to keep people out. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff that you go, well, wait, there's a magical barrier? I kind of didn't like that to a certain extent. I like the fact in general mm-hmm. that we didn't over-explain things. But then in some very specific cir- circumstances, I was like, wait a minute. What does that mean? Yeah, because right. you can make a magical barrier. <clears throat> there are certain other parts where I feel like in general – People trying to make science fiction and fantasy movies uh, like the idea of making a a science fiction fantasy movie, but don't like the idea of following through with it. It, And, you know, that in itself can go in kind of a fanboy wrong way. But, you know, I don't like it when there are things where somebody has magic, but then at this other part, we want to say this and tell the story in this way. So it's like we'll kind of pretend that people don't have magic anymore because otherwise they would just go, you know, bang right. your toes. Magic, and right. yeah. and so there was kind of this like not sticking to it feel, feel. A, yeah. a lot of the times, especially that. when you get through some earlier parts and then get to the end when we have big battleness. Right. And then you go, she could have done that. Right. Uh, and you go, well, how did we have that other right. part where, you know, so there was kind of some <laughs> stuff I didn't like th- about that. But overall, none of that really hurts the movie too bad. Yeah. And I'll tell you the big thing, now that we're totally running out of time, the big thing that uh, I hated about this movie was Mila Kunis. Mila Kunis. Really? Yeah. I uh, As soon as she went green, huh. I hated her. All of the part before that was not that bad. Oh, that's interesting. It, it, it was... In the you know when she's got the big right. when she's got the big it. red hat on yeah right she was okay right as soon as she turned green I didn't believe another word she said and she just huh. stood out as as like this is an example like I can't really think of another one you know in the last maybe year and watching some somebody and, and just thinking, man, you are so out of your league. That's really weird. All right. Well, I totally disagree. I thought, <laughs> I thought I she thought, was I thought she was terrible. As soon as she was green, she, she was horrible. stood out and they and I thought it was kind of smart the way that they handled it. You know, when she when her sister Devonora changes her and takes away um all the illusion by giving her the forbidden fruit, she bites yeah. into a magical apple. Right. And she's I in did, pain. I did think story-wise yeah. that, that she, was cool. She's yeah. in pain, and she's like, what's happening to me? And she says, oh, it's no big deal. Your heart is just shrinking. You know, right. your heart is you withering know, away. Withering away. Whatever, and that's right. awesome. And when she when she's on the floor and she's making this transformation into the dark witch that, you know, her sister has been, she says, I can, you know, I can cast a spell. I can enchant you so you don't look like this. And her reaction is, no, I want him to see what he's made me. I want everyone to see what I've become. I actually right. thought I actually thought you know no one is ever going to ever come close to and I'm blanking on the the actress's name who played the original right. Wicked Witch. 
that said, one of the things I was going to say that I thought was really good, both about the porcelain girl, Zach Braff is easy. You know, he's he's a talented guy. I thought that pretty much across the board, everyone was cast really well. And I one of the too, things, one of the things about the por- one of the things about the porcelain girl is you commented on how great she looks aesthetically, and she looked amazing. Like it was like wow, she's real right. fragile but still put together. Whoever that voice is was absolute perfect every right, single time right. she had to talk. I actually thought Mila Kunis played a really good role because she started off naive and temperamental. There are times when she loses her temper and she starts. I thought she, I things. thought she did pretty good, and even when, even right up to it when she's doing the right mad scenes when yeah. she's getting really mad at him and all right. that. And her her sister is you know totally playing her. Sure, yeah. And, and I, I thought she did pretty good, and it, you know it was kind of cool that you know her tears because she can't get. I thought that was stuff. awesome. That, I thought that was great foreshadowing. That was cool, and I thought she did a lot of that. Yeah, uh, I but just a lot of that green. pretty good. But as soon as she's yeah. green, that I just I, couldn't stand watching her. My big my big things, I guess, were you know, and I I disagree with that. I thought she did really well both in the transition from the naive witch to the mean witch, and I you know you have to oversell it a little bit, but I thought she was actually really good. For me, the, the biggest problem of the whole thing was it was made today, you know, and I don't I don't necessarily want to watch films that were made like in 50s or 30s. You know, it doesn't have to be like The Wizard of Oz, but this thing had all a lot of stub, a lot of substance and really no spirit in places. And it's yeah. easy to make the the whole Tin Man thing like it's, you know, it doesn't have a heart, you know, and it's kind of rickety and slow moving, <laughs> even when, you know, you've got the oil can, you know, all this stuff aside, it's. It's amazing still as a reminder to look at a film like The Wizard of Oz, even though we've agreed we can't really compare it to it. Right. But it has obvious comparisons. That that movie was made, you know, 60, 70 years ago with hardly any special effects. And what makes that movie amazing is the characters, the story, you know, the spirit of it versus right. the, the dynamic versus the painted bricks and the little people. Right. Nowadays, you get a film like this. This this was not surprising in any way. This felt like it could have been any fairy tale film in the last nine years, right. whether Tim Burton directed it, Sam Raimi did it, Sam Mendes. I don't care who did it. Brian Singer. This was so in a lot of ways, even though I liked what I liked and didn't like what I didn't like, it just felt so stamped out like on a sheet, like these other films that we're seeing right. in a way with all the same problems, so much spectacle and not enough story. Well, and you, and you know what that, that makes me think too that um, I didn't really see this as exactly a negative, except it's definitely not a positive for me. But yeah. you know, like you were saying, it, it it's like you took the old movie and just made it today, right? And I, I feel like you know they're trying to make the old movie in a lot of different ways, mm-hmm. like that we're doing the black and white, right. we're you know we're doing this and and that. The original movie, much as everyone in the universe loves the original movie, and the books books are great and everything. No, but everything is like very simplistic, right? Yeah. The bad guy is very simplistically bad. The good guy is very simplistically good. The things that we're saying with the, uh, you know, if I had courage, if I had a heart, you know, it's very like you know, greeting card kind of I sentimentality. Yep. And not that that means that it's a crap Simple. movie, it's just, right? It's just that's the way it is. Right. And this movie kind of has that a going bit, on. Yeah. It's got kind of 
you know, it's it's like the Breakfast Club, right? It's right. like you you see us the way you want to see us, right. and there the were simplest terms, and, right? Exactly. Using the simplest definitions, right. and that's how we're kind of getting through our themes. And yeah. you know, he's a bad guy in his own way, right? Because he's you know he's I don't know he's bad and he uses <laughs> right. women and right. he's, he's selfish and, and he's, he's yeah. right he yeah. he just wants the big pile of gold and right. and all that and. Everything about that is very simplistically said, mm-hmm. and then as he gets better, you know, quote yeah. unquote, everything about that is very simplistically said, yeah. and it just feels weird putting this, you know, skin of today on yeah. top of this kind of, you know, I don't know, like this sort of perspective from the yeah. times of the old movie. You, you know, when the old yeah. movie came out. It's kind of what time we were in, right. it, movie-wise, right? That's the way we wanted to see things in the movies, or or that's what worked really well. Yeah. And you would think that that would have moved on, not just our ability to make special Move effects, right. right? Well, I got a couple things I'll throw out, but we are going to go over if I start them. So maybe we should do reviews uh, for people that are really listening. <laughs> Come on, like the micro machines guy. What what things? Oh. Uh, yeah, let's do uh, let's do our uh, ratings when since we since we're only have a, in that a way few minutes, if we right. go over a minute then people who aren't here yet so right so for me I have a lot of positives about this movie yeah. and I had a lot of fun yeah and actually um, we saw it with my son right he loved it he had a lot of fun yeah. he thought it was yeah crazy awesome right. and and he even had some parts where. Uh, he was a little scared. Yeah. I mean, there That's was understandable. there's there's some serious I some parts. Kids, I was right? near some kids, and they were kind of you could see them squirming in the seat. But, right. As this well, is so. not right. This is not for super young kids because right. there are some scaryish things. Right. Anyway, um, but I did have some some negatives, yeah. and you know, Mila Kunis is not like the end <laughs> of the world or right. anything. I just thought as it went on, I'm just like, man, I just. I just don't believe her as this person. I can see that. I I feel like know. she's. I feel like a lot of those parts. You know, it was like I feel like this is a commercial where for some reason she's playing yeah. the Wicked Witch, right. not that she's actually playing the Wicked right, Witch. I know you know. Yeah. I don't know. It just she didn't work for me. But uh, overall, I I still think like you know four. I mean like three and three quarters yeah. to four to. Maybe even slightly over four, but yeah. uh, but I feel pretty good with like right around four. Cool. It, it was a it was a lot of fun, and, and it did a lot of things right. Yeah, I agree. I uh, pretty much across the board except for Mila Kunis. You know, I thought it looked great. I thought it it felt fun, even in the places where it was kind of dragging. It was just it was a good time at the theater. It, for me, the story stuff. And the missed opportunities knocked it down a bit more. You know, I I thought it was a three-star film. You know, it was better than average, but it wasn't – it missed the opportunities to do bigger things. And the lull that I felt after – you know, this – for me, it wasn't like total boredom, like looking at my watch. But there was a lull just before the final battle started, counting backwards about 30 minutes. Right. And I was just kind of like, I'm watching this. And it's a, I'm still okay with it's it. It's a lot of setup. But I'm not. I'm it, not yeah. necessarily devoted to this. And then right. once the final battle starts, I was totally devoted to that. That rescued a lot of what I. 
Right. And, but, if, and if only we'd have gotten there. If only it had if it had tweaked and turned a few things and made it a little bit more creative, and that's a couple of gripes I'm going to go over real quick when we're done with this. Um, but for the live listeners anyway, you know, I can see why it was four, you know, four and a half, you know, in that range for you. Right. And for me, if it had just been torqued a little bit, it would have been three and a half for me. But it was it was better than average. I thought it was a three star film. Yeah. So okay. So uh, if you're with us live. Say thanks so much for tuning in. Uh, Please share with your friends, and we'll be back next week. And I don't even know what what we're doing yet, but I don't think we've landed completely next week. But uh, thanks a lot for tuning in. And you know, I I don't know. I I would have thought we had something next week, and I don't know what to do. Uh, I I will I will apologize for the next few seconds for the state of areyouscreening.com, but do go and right. and find the giveaway and enter to win every movie that we review this year. Um, I I had to rebuild the site just for the for the back end stuff. So it's right. up, but it's not kind of like finalized and everything. Yeah. But uh, the back end was killing me, so we redesigned it. And I think it looks way cooler anyway. Visit us at areyouscreening.com and enter to win. Check out the contest. And, and you know, listen on iTunes feedback, and Stitcher you know. and, yeah, email us. and Yeah. Bye. Goodbye. Okay. All right. I don't know. That was how, an easy way to fill 20 seconds. But anyway. I don't know how, how well that worked. I think it worked Now perfectly. the live people are gone. So one of the things that was weird as far as that distracted me, too, in the story, and it was – this is not the big thing I wanted to, to talk about, but it's just something that you reminded me of um, when you were talking about how Mila Kunis – didn't really pull this off. The story would have gone in a really interesting direction for me if when Evanora meets Oz and she walks away with him to show him the whole realm of what he's going to be king of, and she shows him finally at the end the gold room, this huge chamber of like gold everything. Right. And he jumps in. He's like a water park. He's sliding right, down right. points. He's throwing money in the air, and this is gratuitous 3D action. And at this point, he's like, this is all mine. I get to have all of this. And it doesn't take anybody dense to realize that he's selfish and self-centered and greedy and materialistic. And, and Theodora never comes into play there. She's and not around. I, I don't know. really thought she was. This was the this longer was that scene went right. on. I thought even. there would be some part of her there. But Evan Nora, who's playing both sides, knows that he's not this great and powerful wizard. At this point for me, even, even though I'm not the one in charge of the story and I'm taking it in a total different direction, she knows he's not the one that's going to stop her. Right. She should have given him the fruit and turned him wicked. And at this point, because she knows he's not an honorable, honest, Well, well but she man, can't because that's not where we're getting in the end. Well, I understand you that. Still, but what, I'm saying, is, what I'm saying is I'm movie. taking the story in a different direction. But at right. this point, she knows he's not the guy. She has nothing to fear of. There's no reason to corrupt anybody to do anything. It just right. it doesn't make sense. Once you've shown how excited he is for money and possession. Okay, so that's just a small gripe. Here's the bigger gripe. The film is kind of like not able, and it's part of this bigger gripe for me. The film doesn't trust whoever is in charge creatively. You've got a prophecy because you want to get kids in, and all they know is Harry Potter. You've got Evanora, who's secretly the you know the emperor in Star Wars. She's wide open in appearance to show, but she's secretly the Wicked Witch of the right. West. You've got all of these things playing around, except for your own mythology, and you don't have the courage or the creativity to found it. And what you want to do instead is think, well, we need to get kids in, and the kids that we're going to get in, they don't really care about the Burger King Happy Meal toy, but we're going to make it Harry Potter for them. 
You know, and that was the part for me that really knocked this thing down. Because The Wizard of Oz, L. Frank Baum's world doesn't need Harry Potter, Star Wars, Star Trek, right. mythical creatures, Twilight. It doesn't need anything. It's got its own thing. Right. And they were afraid of it. Yeah. They couldn't see themselves far enough to put themselves in a position of real standout on their own creativity. And that bugged me a lot when well, I started. Because I was like, okay, everybody's got to have a prophecy now. That's right. bullshit. And, and you don't the, need the a other prophecy. Thing, the other thing, what, what's, too much Star Wars. What's, weird, much is, other what's weird is some of that stuff, the way that they ended up delivering it, you know, I don't mind there being a prophecy. I don't even know. I mean, it's been a long time since I read all of the Wizard of Oz books. Yeah. I have read them all. Yeah. But there are probably only four or five of them that I've read, you know, in the last 20 years. Right. Yeah. So, right. That's hard memory pushing. So it's like, uh, how, how much of this really is right. from something that remember. happened? I have no idea. So maybe. I give it that. It, it, could, right. it could be that it's a little unfair to say. Maybe. It, there should be a prophecy when they like open the book. And maybe and go, Harry Potter is well, like, well, the prophecy exactly, of Oz. Yeah. Right. I, and I, I fully <clears throat> expect if I'm wrong. But it, but it does. Email about it, it does seem weird. It, and what's worse is that it's not just that there's, oh, this crazy prophecy, right? It's that the prophecy keeps getting weirder. Right. Because at first the prophecy is that someone will show up whose name is Oz. Right, who's named after the land. You don't so. need anything else, really, <laughs> right. right? Yeah. But you get other things later. It's yeah. like there's later on there's, uh, you know, he'll be this or he'll be that or something like that. And then all of a sudden we get pretty far along and it's like, aha, the prophecy said you'd be from Kansas. Right. And I'm like, what? And it's like we yeah. just keep going, and yeah. then I expected her to go, look, here's the picture my right. dad and drew, <laughs> and it looks just like you. Right. And it's like, what the heck kind of prophecy right. is this where it's like, you know, we can check your fingerprint and find out <laughs> if you're the guy who wrote the prophecy. Right. It, was, it, it got weird. And a lot of it all kind of stems for me from that same kind of thing where we're not trying to it, – it, I think it fits exactly with, with what you're saying – is that it's not trying to build something right. and get somewhere. It's trying to sprint as fast as it can to yeah. this thing it wants to do. Right. What it wants to do is show you the smoke and mirrors yeah. and go, see how we came up with this uh, whole we all clever goofy and, yeah. way. that. And, and the weird thing, too, is that... Uh, you know, now we're in spoiler town, I guess, yeah, because, I guess because we're just going to so, – yeah, if you don't want to know things, then tune bye bye. now, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, it, I, I don't know that we have something where in the original movie the wizard is, like, dead. Yeah. Or he, like, only exists as this big head. I mean, right. I guess that's how everyone sees him in the thing, but they have this whole thing where he had to die. Now no one can, no one can ever tell anyone right. that he's really alive. And it's like there's just that last 20 minutes is like we just wanted to get there. Yeah. And whatever it is that works to get us there, fine. Right. That That's good enough. And, well, it, 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 uh, and it, I agree. That does not yeah. open you up to a lot of, you know, let's explore the yeah. mythos kind of, of, stuff. of what we really have. In, in a lot of ways, both – and this, is, this will be my last point because I know we don't want to go for two hours. But in a lot of ways – I felt like this was kind of like Prometheus, you know, oh, God. And, and not to dig, you know, not to dig into this again, but in a sense, how to like, get three stars. <laughs> well, I know this is, you know, all because of Mila Kunis. Um, 
you, you know, you have Alien, this classic film that everyone loves, and then you then you've got the guy who says, you know, I made it. I'm going to do a prequel. I can I'm make it better. You, I'm going to do it better. Right. And I got better special effects. I got better resources. And and what he did was he made a version of the film that was like something he had done before, but it was nowhere nearly like right. as related to it. And in, and people heard, you know, oh, you know, it doesn't matter that it was Ridley Scott. You know, it right. it, it was just, you know, we're going to have a prequel to Alien. And everyone was all excited and like, like in their own head making it to be this amazingly thing. And it would be so scary it would stop your heart, right. like literally defibrillate you in, you know, the theater to get you back. This film, everyone's like, you know, okay, we're going to have a prequel to The Wizard of Oz, and it's now with today's CGI right. stuff, right. it's going to be amazing. And it's all there, but it's just and not. It's a if, lot like the same thing for me for Prometheus is you take the prequel to a classic film that people love, and they anticipate everything going up to 11 from what they loved, right. the fear, the story, the character, the anxiety – and it's just not there. And part of it is because except it can't that, be there. Except that I feel like you have to give this movie a certain way a, more a certain than Prometheus. Oh, I, I do. I'm on just that saying, kind of thing. I'm saying in the same sense. Like not it, like it's Prometheus. Like, no, I Prometheus. no I, I understand what you're saying. But it's like when you have, you know, aliens and then you have like the same guy is now going to make the prequel. Right. And it's not that much later. Right. No, in the grand scheme of things, as, you're right. As compared to like, you know, the we're going back to like the golden age right. of movies. Like 1939, and, it's like, and we're yeah, a long way it, away from that. It's like, you know, somebody wants to make a Charlie Chaplin movie or right. something. Right. I mean, it's, you know, it is a whole other world yeah. that, you know, we existed from when, from when that came yeah. out. No, I, I mean, agree. I, look, it's not a perfect thing, but it just, it made me feel like, the Prometheus thing over again to some extent. And it, it is, and in a in a similar way to Prometheus, I totally was not thinking Prometheus ever well, I was in, thinking, in any way. I was thinking but the now, last time now that you mention it, right? Yeah, I I really can kind of see how you would buy into Prometheus yeah. before it ever started getting right. made. Like Ridley Scott comes in and go and has like this you know, like 20 panel storyboard right. and goes, so this is going to happen and this is going to happen right. and this is going to happen. And you go, okay, awesome. right. yeah. make that here's yeah. $50 million. Well, and it's the same thing with this kind of a little when, bit when you're coming in and you go, so we're going to do this, we're going to mm -hmm. run through this and, and you get that you're, you're on board. Right. I mean, well, I it's got that behind it. When we were, when we were done with the film and even before we saw it and I, I heard, I didn't read the reviews cause I didn't want to, like we always say, I don't want to read the reviews before I see the movie and get my own opinion. But I was understanding that people were really hard on it. Right. But you and couldn't thought, help knowing the general tone. Right. Kind of. And I was like, well, what, when was the last time a film, a prequel or even a sequel, that just had the expectation it was going to be as amazing? And I was thinking, well, everyone always points to Star Wars because it's the easiest one. It's the that horse is dead, man. Right. That thing's been beaten on so bad, but it still is, you know, the benchmark for prequels sucking so <laughs> badly. Well, it, it, that just will. Guy, you that know, that just will forever. Nothing will suck worse than those that. movies. Although but, I guess you know, especially for you, like Prometheus is pretty I, close. Well, I'm surprised that you hate Prometheus more than I did, and I hated I it. I hate. Prometheus. I hated it, but you hate it like I have it like a. You hate it like it stole your girlfriend like, or something. I mean, it's personal like I can, with you. If, if I just see like an ad for it in the winter, and I go outside with no coat on, I'm burning with heat of <laughs> hatred for her. You know, I just I despise it. It's it's annoying, but. Anyway, that was that was basically my big my big point was that the story didn't 
it just didn't seem to trust itself. It didn't trust its, you know, its own mythos, like you there, said. It there didn't was trust its own history, and it didn't make its uh, own future. Right. It there, kind of laid itself there in was, line with all there these other things. There was very definitely, I think, kind of a, you know, it's weird because <laughs> the longer this goes on, and uh, you know, we're getting really close to a year, so yeah, we, we'll have to have like a. We special, should watch the Hunger Games again. We'll, we'll have a special episode or something. Yeah, a very special episode. Um, it's it, so many times we we say the same things, especially <laughs> yeah. the the closer movies are in in how big they are. Right. Like I w- I would love to, you know, have somebody you know make the spreadsheet of our ratings <laughs> and and how highly anticipated a movie is right. and how big it is and everything. And then what do we say? Like there'll be like this big graph and it'll be like, did they mention it's too long? Did they mention right. that yeah. blah blah and yeah. fill in the boxes? But this movie, I feel like. It felt like there just were two different things going on, yeah, and and we jammed them together in a way that didn't work, and it was in a unique way, like not in exactly the okay. same way that it happens all the other all, all the other times we've said that, right? <laughs> yeah, but in this one, it just was like we wanted to get to the end. This movie in the end felt so piecemeal. Mm-hmm. It was like. Somebody had this idea for the China girl. Somebody had this idea for the way the exact end was going to go, right? Somebody had this idea for here's the way we'll get to the transformation scene or something. Right. And it's like everybody's working in like different cities and and then they all send in their part yeah. of the screenplay and then some other person's job is connect all these dots <laughs> and make it into one right. story. I don't know. And 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 so a lot of them were really good. Like you had, the, yeah. you had the parts where it was like, oh, that that's a really great part, right? And not just you know, as soon as we get to an actiony part, it's a good part. Or as soon as we, as soon as we slow down and have the China doll, uh, China girl kind of stuff, that's the good part. Right. There was a mix. Like it's yeah. like. Sometimes the funny parts were really good. Right. Sometimes, you know, whatever. I don't know. It just... I gotta, and I gotta say also, I'm an adult now, so things are a lot different. But I try to look, and I and I can't. That's the natural bias of the statement I'm about to make. Flying monkeys versus flying baboons. Flying baboons are not scary. They look CGI scary. The flying scary, monkeys the scary, are scary. The scary baboons. Yeah. yeah, I thought it was a little like weird that we weren't monkeys. just kind of. If we were going to not be flying monkeys, right. Then why would we not just go all the way and be but like all kind the of way big to gorillas? Else. Exactly. Right. right. Just there was something I was like that. That doesn't seem scary. Right. But I remember being frightfully terrified of a flying monkey. And the flying monkeys are not supposed to be scary in the. In the kind of generic scary way, right? You know, like like the uh, the flying monkeys in the original movie are are none scary, right? It, you know, taken out of the context <laughs> of the of the movie or something, and and they're barely scary in the movie. They I mean, ripped it's that like, scarecrow apart. That was scary when you're a kid, but right. But, but you're not, scared because you want the scary way, right? right? And that's know, another man. thing, flying you know. That's another thing. Speaking of the scarecrow, and then we're going to get out of here because this is going to go too long. Um, We get like kind of this weird allusion to scarecrow now. They do that. That's the thing that bugged me. They constantly hint. And we kind of have something going on with the Tin Man ness. There's the lion earlier. And we've got the lion. Like these nods to all of these things. And yet, what's, what's kind of weird about it is it doesn't give me anything. Like it gives me scarecrows. Right. 
And it kind of gives me where we're going to come up with a Tin Man. Right. But it doesn't give me anything on how these things are going to be alive later. Right. How, do, right. how does that mean that, yeah. you know, suddenly it's alive? And I thought we would have some kind of a, you know, you anything. Hint. I, I just, guess we kind of have a hint just in the fact that we have the Chinatown. That, like, inanimate yeah. things can be, can alive, be alive or something right. or whatever. I don't know. I just thought it was weird that they would have this face of a scarecrow that we would stare at right. and go, see, there's your scarecrow, except not give us anything. Right. I don't know. I thought but the, anyway. I thought the scarecrows worked really cool. I thought they were cool. In their part I did. I the thought movie, that was really that, cool. That was, that was pretty cool. And what I thought was really cool, too, is um, that was the one time that I liked Mila Kunis. And when that they fly up to the yeah. thing and she was just so perfectly like spoiled brat yeah. or whatever. Yeah. And and it's like, what I do is just supposed to work because, right, because it's like, doing it. how dare you yeah. do something that <laughs> right. foils my plans. And that, in that scene, she was really right. good spoiled brat, yeah. like grown up. Oh, she was great. So Prometheus sucks. All right. Yeah. So we said that. Yep. All right. <laughs> so That's we it. said Prometheus so, sucks. So yeah. we've got that out of the way. All right, thanks for sticking with us thanks. for the extra time, and uh, we should just get out of here. Yeah, we'll see you next week. Like we said a million times already, check right. us out on com, and we'll be back next week with uh, some other super movie review, and then right. the week after that, maybe we'll do some uh, year big deal or yeah, something. Man, we'll, we'll figure, figure out. something out. Cool. But, uh, uh, yeah, thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Cabela's is coming to Northern Virginia with their spectacular new store in Gainesville. Find everything you need for hunting, fishing, camping, and shooting sports, plus much more. Join us for our grand opening celebration Thursday, March 9th at 10 a.m. Be one of the first 500 in line and receive a Cabela's gift card worth up to $500, plus a chance to win one of three Remington firearms. See store for details. Don't miss Cabela's grand opening in Gainesville, located off I-66 and Highway 29 near Virginia Gateway.